time for a PBFG quick hitter. Joe, getting into the conference championship pumpkin report, you want to kick us off with Joe Burrow and Mahomes? Homie, you sound like you're about to dish it to me for traffic and weather. That was really good broadcast voice. I appreciate it. I told you I didn't get ready. New pod. <laughs> All right. So let's start with the AFC championship because it happened first. This game was really fun to watch at first and then just so excruciating. So in the first half, it looked like we might actually have a game between two non-pumpkin because Patrick Mahomes had one of the best first halves I've ever seen. In the first half, Patrick Mahomes was accurate on 91% of his passing. That's good. Uh, like, not counting his throwaways, obviously. There was one throwaway, 91% accuracy on the rest. 37.5% of his dropbacks were positive. 52.2% of his dropbacks were fine. Pedestrian plays. And then only 8.3% of his dropbacks were bad. So, like extrapolated over the course of a full game that is an all-time performance that is a 50 burger type game that is an absolute blowout that is laughing at how the Bengals even made the playoffs bad right like that's bills versus patriots level but like worse that happened what's that did that happen no no i want to get into burrow's first effort i was gonna but you know what your segue was so good you're 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 really i might have to make you host actually God damn. No, I'm scared of that much responsibility. I'll freeze up at that level. Co-host keeps me keeps me comfortable. It's like backup well, speak, quarterback. I was going to say, speaking of freezing up, that's exactly what Patrick Mahomes did in the second half. Hell but, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Um, so second half altogether, right? He ended with 60% accuracy. And again, that's taking out the throwaways. He had two pickable balls just in the second half. And a fumble. He ate three sacks that he did not need to. Accurate on 60% of passes. So remember how I said that he had a 37.5% positive plays in the first half? Well, that dropped to 14.3% in the second half. And that mistake-free 8% negative play first half, that turned into 43% in the second half. So basically, if he dropped back, damn near a 50-50 shot, he was going to hurt you. Damn near a 50-50 shot, he was going to give you a cheap pedestrian play. And that that remainder, that damn near, that was his positive play, 14.5%. And it it's a tough actually, way to end the game. It wouldn't have been that bad. In fact, the Chiefs would have won and probably covered if it wasn't for Patrick Mahomes' last two drives. Because in the last two drives of regulation, mind you, he had a pickable ball and a fumble, and he ate two bad sacks. And both of those bad sacks were actually uh, – in very costly scenarios, including the sack fumble he had on third down that almost cost them against the tie. In the last, so I gave him a negative 12 slugging score, and I'm not going to get into what that means. It's kind of a complex algorithm. Don't worry about it. Negative 12 slugging score in the second half. That's really abysmal. All-time bad stuff. But negative 6.75 of that came on the last two drives alone. So we're talking about like two of the worst drives you've ever seen strung together. This is golf versus the Bears in 2018 level shit. This is Justin Fields versus the Browns level shit. And it's coming from Patrick Mahomes in crunch time with Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey and Andy Reid calling plays against a bad Bengals defense. Not, not bad, but average. Yeah, I think average is accurate. So overall, despite 
he had an all-time first half and then he had an all-time bad second half and for once like it was so blatant that qbr me and pff all were just in fucking lockstep verbal meme spider-man pointing at spider-man pointing at spider-man in this one case or even better verbal meme it's the strong guys and there's the black guy handshake and white guy handshake and in the middle it's just what the fuck was that bipolarity for patrick mahomes mm-hmm. uh, dare i say patrick mahomes turned into a pumpkin he did at the end of the game like if in the first half you are a beautiful sports car and in the second half you are a gigantic rotted pumpkin are you a pumpkin I mean, the end is a pumpkin, so I guess. I mean, if we're going to be really literal about it, when Cinderella, when Cinderella started partying, she had a nice chariot or carriage or whatever the fuck. But all, nobody remembers that. They remember at midnight when that shit would turn back into a pumpkin. And when the clock struck midnight, it was Patrick Mahomes throwing a pick in overtime to lose the game. Although, I will say, his pick in overtime was easily his best throw of the second half. It, like, it... It hit Tyreek Hill in the hands 25 yards downfield. It was just a bad decision. He should have been picked off on at least one of the two prior plays. Yeah, it was, I, I got real excited when Kansas City got the ball. Obviously, we bet on them, so I was rooting for him. It was like, all right, this is a repeat of the week before. Offense isn't humming to the same level, but come on, this is when, when you bust out everything, right? And then it just went bad very quickly. It was just bad throw after bad throw after bad throw. The first pass you saw, he didn't have it. He wrote, oh, I don't remember which came first. I think the first one was the one where he threw it down the sidelines and like he missed the throw. But if he had hit the throw, it would have been a pick. And then the second one, he he threw a slant to Tyree Kill that was two yards behind Tyree Kill, hit the fucking defensive back in the titties. So it was, we've given enough lip service to the King Pumpkin, the crowned pumpkin. We need to talk about the Arch God Pumpkin. That was Joe Burrow's second half. Or actually, we didn't even talk about his first half yet. Yeah, we, we gotta talk, we've got to talk about Joe Burrow's first half because it was actually pretty good. Like, it was substantially good. Uh, I gave him a B-plus for the first half. He had one great throw, which is rare for Burrow, and he only had three bad throws. It was fairly mistake-free football. He didn't eat any sacks. He maneuvered the pocket well. He had that one positive run. He threw the ball away three times, but they were all justified throwaways. 80% accuracy, 31.5% positive plays. That's a B-plus. That's solid football. If he played that way all game, I mean, I don't know. Actually, if he plays that way all game, they don't win the Super Bowl because they're just not good enough. But that B-plus football is really good. Yeah, that's great. That's what you want to see out of him. Fuck yeah. Like, if you could play a B-plus football game every game, you'd be a top five quarterback in the NFL. Yes. Uh, Problem is, Joe Burrow couldn't even play one full game of B-plus football because despite storming back in the second half, he didn't actually do anything. Just walk um, me through that. In the second half, I first of all, I'd like to highlight that Joe Burrow tried to lose this game by throwing two pickable balls. One of them did get picked, and it brought Kansas City back to tie, right? But the other one, which would have sealed their fate and made them lose, he threw directly to Nick Bolton, who is a solid linebacker for the Chiefs. Like, I don't know what the fuck he was doing. It, it was one of those plays where it's so bad, I almost don't want to call it pickable because something must have gone terribly wrong. He's rolling right. A threw. I don't know what he threw. <laughs> it was like eight yards short of his receiver directly at Nick Bolton. I, I have no idea. Like, it wasn't like he was trying to throw it away. No, I don't know if he got confused and he thought like, oh, that's my guy. Oh, no, it's a linebacker. I don't know if he was like halfway to throwing the ball and he was like, oh, wait, there's a linebacker. Shit, I got to put this low. It looked like he threw a back shoulder fade to the linebacker. Yeah. And he almost got it. 
and he should have had it. It it wasn't a hard catch. Um, he got bailed the fuck out. And that, speaking of getting bailed out, everybody's gonna remember those two third down plays, both against Chris Jones. Chris Jones has him dead to rights for a sack, and then just Joe Burrow somehow slips out and maneuvers the pocket and gets a completion to convert or run. But I went back and I looked at the tape closely, and on neither attempt did Chris Jones actually try to tackle Joe Burrow. So, like, it looks cool as fuck, but Joe Burrow didn't really do anything to avoid the sack. On the second one, Chris Jones tried to grab him by the jersey, like, just with his hand, like, just grab the jersey by the back, like he's picking up a puppy by the fur, you know? Like, you know how you can pick up a puppy or a kitten by, like, the nap of their neck? Nape. I don't know. I read these things. I don't, uh, okay. I don't talk about napes of necks. I guess I am right now. <laughs> anyway, that's basically. Yeah, when you grab a small animal by the nape of their neck. I gotcha. I know what you're saying. Well, Chris Jones was trying to grab Joe Burrow by the nape of his jersey. I don't fucking know why. And like, he was right there. He had all the time in the world. Joe Burrow's literally leaned over, like bent over like a fucking, like an emu hiding his head in the dirt. Like went deep for that one. Yeah, I mean, I I have to give Burrow credit because there are a lot of guys that sack themselves in those situations. I mean, shit, Burrow does it sometimes. Uh, But he was able to get out of it, and he made it happen. Again, I don't want to give him too much credit. Chris Jones tried to tackle a guy by the jersey by pinching his jersey rather than just pushing him over slowly, which was very much on the table. It's like a few years ago when Deshaun Watson rolled out in the wild card game against the Bills and he got hit by the one safety who was blitzing, but he got hit so hard he flew into a defensive end who was blitzing from the other side. And he basically just ping-ponged off of them and like ended up standing on both of his feet. He didn't do anything. He just existed as an object in nature that was acted upon by literally equal and opposite forces. And in this case, Joe Burrow just happened to not be a pinchable quarterback. They had the extra tight jerseys on. Well, like, if it was Big Ben, maybe this works a little bit better because, like, you know, a little bit extra pinch on doing the bit. But, like, I'm not giving Joe Burrow credit for wearing tight clothes. Yeah, I like, I'm not going to be like, oh, my God, what an unbelievable move. The guy's a superstar. But I'll give him a little bit for staying upright and converting, though I do think it uh, the reaction to it is overinflated. I, yes, and I, I do think that we should focus once again on the fact that, like, the two sacks that should have been sacks but were not sacks, first of all, I did not grade them as sacks on Burrow. And in fact, I did give him props for being able to improvise after that. Like, after Chris Jones tries to pinch you and you, like, stand up and you're like, oh, he didn't simply push me over? What a jackass. You could sit there and think, what a jackass. Or you could take off running. And he did, so he gets a pocket move for that. Like that's a positive play, good improvisation, good job, Joe Cool. But the motherfucker threw two pickable balls in crunch time and was only accurate on 63% of his fucking passes in the second half, despite the fact that the vast majority of his passes were short, including a touchdown scored on a screen pass, including lots and lots of five and six yard routes to Jamar Chase all throughout the second half. It just wasn't impressive. Yeah, I mean, he continues to just kind of be cool Kirk Cousins yeah and I I do think that pays off a little bit because Kirk Cousins is a guy that would sack himself in the Chris Jones situation but it's still a Kirk Cousins level of talent uh he's solid he's gonna make the right decision gonna trust his playmakers he'll get out of stuff and he'll have a good attitude for the team but he's just not a special thrower of the football I, I will say he handled pressure just so much infinitely better against 
Kansas City than he basically ever has before. We're talking about a guy who usually eats sacks for breakfast, like creates sacks out of nowhere all season. And in this game, he created no sacks for himself, and he actually had 12 positive pocket movements, which is a departure from what we're used to from him. So this was actually one of Joe Burrow's best games of the year. And I gave it a C. Like on the game, Joe Burrow was accurate on 70.6% of his passes. Mahomes was accurate on 78.4. So Mahomes is almost 10% more fucking accurate. Joe Burrow had a positive play on 28.5% of his passes. Patrick Mahomes, terrible second half included, was 26.7. So damn near the same shit. Joe Burrow, negative plays on almost 24% of passes. Patrick Mahomes, or not passes, dropbacks. Patrick Mahomes, negative plays on 24.4% of passes, or dropbacks. God damn it. It was almost identical performances. It's just Patrick Mahomes fell further. Like, Patrick Mahomes started off so great with three elite throws in the first half and just clean, accurate football. So the fact that he fell down to about the same level as Joe Burrow by the end of the game is really impressively bad. But Joe Burrow did nothing special. It's a C. Like, this is this is what you expect from a Dak, a Kirk, a Burrow. Like, it's... If Nick Bolton catches that interception, we're not talking about Joe Cool leading the Bengals to the promised land on his back. We're talking about Joe Burrow fucking up a really good opportunity to take a game that Patrick Mahomes is begging to give you. That's fair. I, mean, I think that's kind of where he'll sit. I don't... I don't know that he's completely done improving. I think he'll get a little bit smarter and whatnot, and he'll continue to improve with pressure. But, yeah, I think this is kind of the type of dude he is. Oh, yeah. And, frankly, when you're a 25-year-old quarterback, you probably are what you are. Keep in mind that Joe Burrow is, like, three or four you know, four or five years younger than Russell Wilson, who's, like, over the hill. I think Russell Wilson's 31 or 32. Oh, we'll do quick, quick Googling. All right, we've done some fact-checking, and actually, Russell Wilson's 33, not 31. But here are a few quarterbacks that are close to Joe Burrow's age. Jameis Winston, who is roughly two years older. Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson, who are both one year older. Let's not talk about Joe Burrow as some young phenom quarterback who's got another 15 years in the league. He's got 10 if he's lucky, and I don't think he's lucky. So yeah, this is what he is, and it's what he's going to be, and it's not impressive. It's enough. It's fine. It's not that far off from what Andy Dalton was five, ten years ago. Yeah, he's just he's just cool. He is cool. And that means something. Maybe it's 5% of being a quarterback. Maybe it's 10, but it's not more than 10. I agree with you. I think it plays in 5%, 10%. Sounds about right. But enough about these guys. You want to get into the other quarterbacks? I think it's about time because we only got one dude who's not a fucking pumpkin this championship week. And I'd like to talk about it. Start me off. We're going to do Stafford. We'll do the whole Stafford experience. So Matt Stafford in the first half, yes, the same half where the Rams were losing by like, what, 17 points? By double digits, for sure, was elite. Almost as good as Mahomes was in his first half. He was accurate on 76% of passes. 42% of his dropbacks were positive. That's higher than Patrick Mahomes' first half percent. It's That's like an insane number. Now, 21% of his plays were negative, which is not as clean as Mahomes' first half. That's why there's a little downgrade. But that's an A-plus first half. Now, he threw the pick in the end zone that we talked about, but he didn't really throw a pick so much as the 49ers turned a ball into a pick. That probably should have fallen harmlessly to the ground. It, it was a bad throw and a bad decision, but it, if the ball bounces down instead of up, it's a whole different ball game. 
because now it's second or third down in real tight. Rams are good in the red zone. At the least, they have a Pro Bowl kicker. It's also a Pro Bowl kicker who missed a field goal, but whatever. In the second half, all anybody wants to talk about, if you listen to all the fucking national shows, is how Matt Stafford tried to throw a pick to Jaquiski Tart, and Jaquiski Tart dropped that punt of a pick. And oh boy, was that a terrible throw. He bit off way more than he could chew because I saw what he was looking at. His receiver was going to be wide the fuck open 80 yards downfield for a clear touchdown. But Matt Stafford, somebody's got to tell him that he doesn't have the arm he used to because it still went a good 60 yards, maybe 65. But that is significantly underthrown. And that is why it looked like a bad punt. Yeah, that was not a good throw. And yeah, whether he, he doesn't know he doesn't have it or he just forgot. He had a little bit of a flashback, and he was like, oh, my God, there it is. Felt 26 again. It was online, too. It was online. It was. There's a day and age. There's a day and age where that receiver concusses himself, hitting his head on the goalpost because Matt Stafford leads him directly into the end zone. Mm -hmm. But we're we're a little past that day and age. And that was very on this throw. I was not a barred attorney in that day and age, to say the least. I don't know if I was in law school. (laughs) <laughs> but like i don't know if he could have done that two years ago there is a time a time has passed i'm sorry matt that said you take away that pick let's just pretend it didn't happen the rest of the fucking half was incredible now we can't take it away we can't do that so it's still a b performance in the second half but to everybody who wants to say matt stafford tried to give that game away with that terrible pick and he got so lucky my retort is god kind of fucking owed him one after that pick in the end zone it shouldn't have been a pick so as far as luck goes, the Rams basically broke even on quarterback. Yeah, I think that's a fair fair assessment. They they definitely got incredibly lucky on that drop pick, but oh yeah, they've they've oh. gotten screwed on a handful of those. Every football team does, but it was kind of fitting that it happens within a, a couple quarters. Well, I mean, yeah, let's let's say Jaquiski Tart like the moment before Jaquiski Tart throws that ball. I'm sitting here thinking this game is a fucking this is bullshit. Because the Rams should have scored a touchdown on that throw to, to cup that got picked. And they should have kicked the field goal. And there should be a blowout. And it's not fucking fair. And then the tart drop happens. And you're like, okay, everything's okay. Back to even. Whatever happens now, it's fair. Okay. Exactly. It, it just brought it all level. By the way, we were on the phone. So for whatever reason, my Hulu Live subscription is always like three seconds behind your live TV. And we were on the phone. And you just go... Oh, no. And I'm sitting here thinking, fuck, I just bet like three grand on the Rams money line. It's over, isn't it? And then I see Matt Stafford cock back to just launch one. And I'm like, oh, no, it's fucking (laughs) over. And I see it hit Jaquiski Tart. And I'm like, oh, my God, that was worth an oh, no. And then I see him drop it. And I just I had been silent this whole time. I'm having a dilemma in my head. I go, oh, no. (laughs) <laughs> this is the only possible response it was it was perfect yeah no i was it, it was pretty good and not giving anything away because i knew i was like just a, a little bit ahead of you but that one i couldn't control i went on such a fucking roller coaster man that was a road trip across the united states in a matter of three seconds but like, okay, I'm doing the thing, though. I'm doing the same thing that all the media did. Where they're like, oh, Stafford tried to give that game away. No, he fucking didn't. Because if you look at his whole game, he had, like, if you look at his stats, he had a pick and then really good stats, right? Well, if you look at the chart of, like, 
grading every play, he had one ball that deserved to be picked. So that's the same. Those actually match. And he was accurate on 80.5% of passes. 40.5% of his dropbacks were positive. Only 21.3% of his dropbacks were negative. It's a really good fucking day. That's A plus grade in the NFC Championship against a defense that people wrongfully told me was really good. So I'm waiting for my roses and my candy and my blowjobs from all the people who have told me for so long that I'm crazy for having Matt Stafford as a top five NFL quarterback. It turns out he just needed to not play for the Lions for you guys to see it. You should post your address and let everyone know where they can send all these things. Yeah, it sounds like a great idea. But yeah, it, it's helpful to get out of Detroit. I think there are a handful of franchises that actively hold people back. Detroit is one of them. Cleveland probably fits into that list. What about Cincinnati? Joe Burrow transcended it right away. He's a winner. They're fine, though. I mean, like, they've had success before, and guys have, like, had lengthy they took the dollars to the playoffs like four times yeah they're fine yeah uh, but yeah it definitely helps get out of detroit and i'm happy he's able to get out and have this success and kind of show it off okay but the other side how was galapagos exactly so i insinuated that i don't quite believe that joe burrow is a quote-unquote winner because i don't think that quote-unquote winners really exist uh jimmy garoppolo is another person who has been accused of being a winner and in this case he's certainly the fuck one like Burrow, he actually started off okay. In the first half, the 49ers asked him to do almost nothing, and he did it with a uh, – I gave him a B, which is about as much as you can get when you throw 10 passes and a half. But he had an elite throw for the first time in, like, at least a month. He had a deep throw. It led the receiver perfectly. I think it was Ayuk. I'm not certain. It was Ayuk. Yeah, it was perfect throw down the right sideline. He, I mean, he had two steps on the corner. You know, he had a good – two-yard gap, but Galapagos hit him on the fucking hands. It was perfect. And then, you know, he had three little, like, 10-yard curl shots that were all nice. He only missed three passes. No turnovers, no self-sacks, no fumbles. Look at you, Jimmy G. And then, like Burrow, the second half came, and uh, that was much less good. He threw two picks to Jalen Ramsey. Jalen Ramsey dropped both. It was funny. (laughs) Um, The last drive, his pick, I'm not really going to hold him accountable for a pick it was a bad throw but he didn't have much of a choice and he was literally falling down when he just launched it i'm not going to call that a pickable mostly because i didn't have to he was already terrible but also partially because well it's actually mostly just because i didn't fucking have to like given the circumstances it's third down you need a ton of yards you don't have much time you need to score i get it um he threw two picks both to jalen ramsey both off of his shoulder pads jalen ramsey disappointed again he was terrible all night uh, Debo cooked him like all day and yeah, he, plays, he had no chance. Well, and both of the picks that Jalen Ramsey dropped, they weren't Jalen Ramsey being in great leverage. One of them is because he, Ramsey got fucking toasted on a slant and Garoppolo just threw it two yards behind the receiver. It was a Trevin Diggs pick. Yeah. If, if, if Jalen Ramsey had actually been good at covering wide receivers, he would have been nowhere near that ball. Um, and the other one, Garoppolo just under and, Jalen Ramsey was like, oh, there's a punt. I'll go catch it. And then he didn't. So Jalen Ramsey basically turned in a Travon Diggs game with, but like if Travon Diggs had three broken fingers, maybe more, like 10 broken. That's not the game you want to have. No, no. And I, I think everybody knows I fucking love the Rams and I've loved them all year, but Jalen Ramsey is legitimately the biggest fraud in football. Mate, well, 
I guess we'll find out in the Super Bowl who's a bigger fraud. Jalen Ramsey or Joe Burrow. It's one of them. We'll find out. But overall on the game, Jimmy Garoppolo was once again putrid. Uh, in the second half, he, he was 40% accurate. You got to hear these. Second half. Accuracy percentage, Jimmy Garoppolo, 40%. That's, there's no throwaways. There's no screens that go bust and he just tosses it in the ground. No, 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 no. Aimed passes, 40%. Positive plays, 20%. Not the worst. I've seen worse. Negative plays, 60%. You give Jimmy Garoppolo the ball. You have him receive a snap and drop back. More times than not, he's hurting you. I'm sorry, Kyle Shanahan. Jimmy Garoppolo, pumpkin extraordinaire. The performance probably should have been worse. So. Overall, our pumpkin report is Patrick Mahomes, regrettably a pumpkin. Joe Burrow, still a motherfucking pumpkin. Jimmy Garoppolo, epitome of a pumpkin. And Matthew Stafford, a legitimate fucking sports car. Yeah, go Matt. It's about fucking time. I'm just, I'm replaying all the tweets in my head when people were talking about, is Matt Stafford really a top 12 quarterback just because he goes to the Rams? And I was sitting there with my phone in my hand on the beach in Los Angeles, which is a better place than New York. And I was thinking, these motherfuckers, he doesn't get better because his surroundings get better. Like this ice cream isn't tastier on a hot day. It tastes the same. I just appreciate it more. Like, <sighs> and the fact that people deep were breaths, like- Deep breaths. The fact that people were like, well, you know, now he's got Sean McVay and the good Rams team around him. I think he could be a top 10 quarterback. And I'm like, ah, you motherfuckers. He's the second best quarterback in the league behind only Brady. RIP in peace. You got some vindication. He's playing in the owl. And he better fucking win it. Um, I have one more side topic for the pumpkin report because I need your take. I This is something that intelligent people need to flesh out because too often... The only people talking about it are unintelligent. Well, don't know why you're asking me then. Me neither. Okay. I asked you a little earlier. Explain why you don't think there's such a thing as a winner, like as far as quarterbacking goes or footballing in general. Like why aren't winners a thing? Well, I just think there are too many variables that a guy isn't a winner just because games often turn out in his favor. I think there are people that are clutch that perform better in high pressure situations. I can agree I with that. Like, I think you're right. And I think that people like to make football is a thing that people do, right? And while almost none of us, probably none of us, have ever played professional level sports of any kind, and we certainly haven't played NFL football and by any of us, I mean you, me, and all the people listening. Like, we've all done things, even competitive things, even if it's as simple as a group project in school, right? And like, You've never been in a group project with a kid who maybe he wasn't that smart and his grades weren't that good, but he was just a winner. And therefore you got the A, despite putting in a kind of a crappy performance. And like, so no, there's no such thing as a winner. And like maybe in the same group project, there's a dude who doesn't really help do any of the work because he's kind of stupid, but he's such a good fucking guy. And he makes you feel good about yourself. He makes you motivated. He's a great leader. But like, if you have to do the whole project yourself, how much does that really help? Like, it's nice. It might make you a little better at your job. Like, you might be a bit better of a student in that case. But, like, does it help a lot? Yeah. I mean, I think there's something to be said, at least in this analogy, when you're a pleasant person or you, you just get along with everyone really well, stuff does go easier for you. A, a yeah. teacher or professor is going to give you the benefit of the doubt with uh, the people doing the project or people that they like. 
And I think it kind of plays in the same way with football where it helps. Like we talk about Joe Burrow, where I don't think he's a winner that is some has some innate ability that just helps things go well in, uh, in clutch situations. I think he handles pressure decent and he's got the, the good personality for it. But like Deshaun Watson was another one that people always talked about. It's, oh, he's just a winner. He doesn't have the greatest arm, but he's mobile and he's just a winner. He played at Clemson, won the Natty and everything like that. And he was the same thing where I think, obviously, stuff has happened since then. But yeah, things have changed. Right. But for his playing career, people talked about, oh, he's a great guy. He makes things happen and he's just that personality that gets a team going. So I think there's something to be said about that, but there isn't anything that just like somehow compels the team to victory. And I think anytime someone mentions a winner, it's just a bunch of bullshit and not really diving into what happened. I completely agree. And like to extend my analogy and like support you clutch is totally a thing because there are some real fucking smart people who they got to stand up in front of the class and present the project that you guys just worked on. He did all the fucking work. He knows it inside and out. He just can't fucking hack it when the lights are on, very literally. And like that shit happens. It's no different with football. I mean, everybody's got a little higher level of, you know, performance confidence, but people get nervous and that happens. Um, no, it's just, it's the most frustrating thing. And it's all you're hearing lately on TV, radio, social media. Oh, Joe Burrow is just a winner. He changed the culture. What the fuck is the culture? Do you think like two years ago, people were walking into the Bengals facilities like, damn, I just don't understand how one wins a football game. Like I've seen it on TV, but like, what do they do? Like score less points than the other team? Complete fewer passes for fewer yards? Like they knew what to do. Maybe they weren't so dedicated, but that's more of an extension of them not being good players. Like Joe Burrow didn't change the fucking culture. The greatest compliment you could pay a dude for being like a winner or a culture changer is that like the touchdown Tom Brady thing where your team never feels out of it because they've got this guy and they really trust him. I think Joe Burrow has that. I think the Bengals truly think like, oh, we're never out of a game. We got Burrow. And I think that that probably helps them like a quarter of a point, a half point. Like it's not going to transcend anything. Yeah, I think they definitely have that belief in him. And I think he has that belief in himself and his teammates. And that's why they've kind of had this. I don't want to call it quite a Cinderella run, but it's close to that. It's a Cinderella run. You could argue they should have lost all three games and they yeah. pulled them out. But so they have that confidence and that definitely plays in because football is such a psychological game. But yeah, I don't think it's like crazy valuable. I think if you get into really tight situations or whatever, it, it, if you're like live betting, but when it comes to actually sitting there, I, I don't really think it matters all that much. Yeah, like playing a game like the actual game of football, it probably matters a little bit, a little bit more, at least. I just don't understand how anybody could look at what Matt Stafford has done for the last 12, 13 years in Detroit, playing great football and getting nothing to show for it. Clearly, he's, I mean, nobody has ever insinuated that he's changed his working habits or he's, you know, gravitated towards the culture of the Rams and really run with it. Like, it's not like he's changed at all. They all say he's the same guy. So he's doing the same things. He's playing the same caliber. He's the same guy off the field. And now all of a sudden, instead of losing seasons every year, he's in the Super Bowl and probably going to win it. If that doesn't prove that this is all a farce, I don't know what does. I mean, I definitely think there there's a culture change aspect to the NFL. And I would say it seems like Joe Burrow has changed the culture because, well, yeah, the, the guy before he got there, they weren't like, oh, I don't know how to win a football game. 
but he at least brought that confidence to them. And Matt Stafford may have done the same thing for the Rams. I mean, the guys seemed pretty happy that they didn't have to count on Jared Goff when that trade happened. So again, I don't know if it's as active as the quarterback comes in and goes, oh, this is how we're going to do things now. But when they think they're talented or know they're talented, it gives the team a certain confidence to kind of play more aggressive or play more free or whatever. So I don't know. I think Stafford, he got anyone that like brings in the wins aspect is just silly to me. So holding Stafford back because they didn't win much in Detroit was silly to me. And elevating Joe Burrow because they're winning a bunch right now is silly to me. So I don't know. I don't think it really plays in in reality all that much. I think it adds in a little bit, but it's it's just some psychological edge maybe. But it's not a big turning point. Some Bush, lead, Bush League psycho shit. Yeah. Laughable. But I feel like we've covered this enough. There is some other offseason news from this week. We got a, a bunch of the coaching hires fleshed out. Do you want to cover those? 